Where do those lines line up? Seriously. Oh, and All right, now you got me interested. I would like to see that map Bring again, that map please. back up. What Why did this? he have to, what is he, saving energy, saving power? Yo, this feels so it's like common my energy right bill now. is already through the roof. I know, I know, I'm getting some vibes, ancestral <laughs> plane vibes. That oh, sort of feels like this an incursion. This is kind of like an incursion, but like yeah. a realm-based incursion. Yeah. All right, we have our questions now, MT. We <laughs> must discuss this. Yes. Welcome back to New Rockstars. Ms. Marvel episode four deepens the lore of realms in the MCU, but how is a realm different from a universe? And how universes suffer incursions when they collide. Why the hell do they keep using these terms interchangeably when the same executive <laughs> producers are working on all these titles? Seriously, what, what is, is going, going on? <laughs> this is Inside Marvel. It's New Rockstar's official after show for Ms. Marvel on Disney+. Plus. I'm Eric Boss. My Easter egg breakdown of this episode is going to come out tomorrow. Right now, I am here reacting to this episode with MT. MT, thoughts? Uh, my thought is, oh, Nor. The Kamala's back in time. What is she, she going to get out of this? Sorry, I just wanted to say, oh, Nor. Um, yeah, I, I'm so um, oh, excited Nor. to see what happens to Kamala as she time travels and how she's going to get back to the present. Like, it, does she have time traveling bracelets now? Like, what the heck's going on here? Yeah, is she back in the past? Is she in, in, in a memory? Is she in a pocket reality? What exactly, mm. where exactly is she? Uh, and, and what exactly does this mean that we have this uh, other... A plane of existence that hovers right. over our own reality uh, and that we have these dimensions slash realms that can bleed over in our reality. Uh, and it does sound a lot like an incursion that we learn of in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. But how is this different from an incursion? Are they the same thing? I don't think they are, hmm. uh, but we will explore that. Let's first recap what happens this episode. Right. Kamala and Maniba visit Karachi, Pakistan. Uh, Maniba it doesn't fully forgive Kamala for ruining her brother's wedding, but understands that it sounds like, you know, Sana's getting a bit old and wants to do a visit. We don't know how much time has passed since the wedding. It seems right. like at least a couple weeks, you know, have yeah. passed. Um, but we're not exactly sure. At the airport, they're greeted by Kamala's grandmother, Sana Hernani, and her cousins, Zainab and Oase. And uh, they go back to their home. They meet the dog, Magnum. Hey. And uh, we only saw Magnum for, like, a couple him. seconds, but... MT, we must protect him at all costs. Yes. Uh, I love Magnum. <laughs> this is a Magnum show now. Uh, and we got to pair up Magnum with Lucky the Pizza Dog. Give them a spinoff because, oh you know, they God, I would love that. <laughs> yes. Magnum PD for Magnum Pizza Dog. <laughs> Anyway. I think most people don't just think Magnum Police Department if you were to make that a show. <laughs> That's <laughs> <so> true. <laughs> No, I would love to see two dogs as cops. That'd be amazing. Yes, let's do it. I mean, we just have to assume that Magnum is a scroll. Moving on. No, it's... Uh, <laughs> My heart would break. Can we also just talk about how big Sana's house is? I mean, Huge. they have some money in that family. Uh, or they're just making some smart investments. Either way, <laughs> this does feel like, hmm. Like, anytime I see a family that's really rich in a movie now, like, hmm. Okay. 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 You know, and like there was that whole subplot in the paranormal paranormal activity movies where the family was just like kind of mysteriously wealthy, and you find out, oh no, that was a deal that their grandmother had made with the devil, and the <laughs> devil blessed them with riches. That's most wealth, <laughs> Eric. That's most wealth. <laughs> I, I mean, I'm now like calibrated to where I, whenever I see extreme wealth that is not called out in a movie, I just I can't help but see that as an unusual thing in this universe. Mm. Like uh, I'm like. Hmm, where did you get that money? I'm the same way when I watch Richie Rich um, featuring Macaulay Culkin. I'm like, hmm, blood money? 
what kind of exploited labor did the rich family then uh so many benefit so from so much a lot of underpaid workers there. Um, I believe so it. So Sana shows Kamala some old photos from the partition era. Uh, and then she, uh, Kamala tours the city and visits the train station where she finds this Ant-Man mural and then mm. just gets attacked by the Red Dagger Kareem and they have a fight. Now, just so we're clear with everyone watching this, uh, they did go to another part of the world to shoot this, but they went to Thailand. Uh, and there are some parts of Thailand that do have some uh, some large Muslim communities nice. that uh, that I think they were able to shoot some of the exteriors here. Um, I assume a lot of these interiors, including I assume this this train station and a lot of the uh, the sets uh, in the action scenes, just for all the stunts they had to rig, were probably built on a back lot and they shot there. Right. Um, this Ant Man mural probably it was probably on a back lot. So they they fight. And uh, they reach a draw, and he takes her to the Red Dagger's hideout uh, behind a Chinese restaurant with this this hidden uh, oven switch, right? Where it just goes yes. back into the wall. That's how I get into my bedroom. I have an oven outside of my door. <laughs> <laughs> and you just, like, pick up some Chinese takeout on your way in. Hey, this is, like, the best type of existence. I, I would love to live in that place. It's like, no one will bother me because no one knows where I am behind the stove. <laughs> Except the clandestine somehow. Yes. But uh, she meets she meets Waleed in this place. This actor's great. And yes. uh, he explains that the clandestine and Aisha come from a realm connected to Earth, but it is hidden Ooh. from us. And it is separated from Earth by the Veil of Noor. And then uh, if the clandestines use a bangle to knock down this veil, the other realm will spill into our world and just wipe it out. Uh, or maybe just Karachi. But I assume he means the our entire world. Yeah. Um, and then Kamala spends some time with Kareem. She eats some Bagbirani on a beach bonfire. We got to say, Kamala in this show, cleaning up with the fellas. Yeah. Every she really guy pick has up. eyes for Kamala. <laughs> she, it has now turned into a, three, a three-way race for Kamala's heart between uh, Bruno, Kamran, and Kareem. Who will win it by the end of this series? Who knows? I assume Magnum. Because you know Magnum's packing heat. <laughs> I hope Magnum wins. He deserves to win. He does. He's the best. He's the best boy on this show. <laughs> I so far. So far, he could do no wrong. Magnum could do no wrong. Seriously. Um, so meanwhile, the clandestine are taken to the DODC Supermax prison. This is the same prison we saw in the She-Hulk trailer right. where Abomination is being kept. This is the one in the desert that we speculated could be based on the cube from the comics. Which is a, a super prison kept where they keep gamma irradiated super prisoners, um, and it is like a shield black site that becomes like the base of operations for the Thunderbolts in the future. Right. I don't know about that now because uh, the clandestines <laughs> are able to break out of this place shockingly easy, Very and uh, easily. even more shockingly, are able to transport to Karachi exactly where Kamala is. Uh, now, yes, they sensed her nor in the way that the the red dagger able to censor nor. That seems to be that it's just really fast. Nashma drops in like surprise, motherfucker! <laughs> like whoa, surprise the fight scene. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay, and they fight. And uh, I gotta say, MT, I am still every bit as confused by and unimpressed with the clandestine's power set. I don't <laughs> understand what I mean, their yeah, powers are. I don't really are. know what's going on there. I think they're they're strong enough to like crack walls, but like they also use weapons. And like I don't really know what's going on here in particular. But they can be stabbed. They have yeah. some hidden nor light magic within them, but it can't be activated unless they have like a local bangle. Like. 
uh, it's like having, you need the SIM card of the country that you're in in order to use your phone, <laughs> I guess is the logic there. Either way, I'm going to start calling them the Yawn Destines. Oh, I think they're the Yawn Destines. Which is the most forced and lamest and cringiest uh, pun <laughs> nickname. I will come up with a better one if I'm going to start trashing them like that. I'm sorry. I just don't care. Like, I'm, I'm fascinated by where they come from. This glowing realm and this map. I am fascinated, but right. them and their stupid weapons pass hard pass. I don't. Yeah, care. I, I, I definitely agree that like these guys could could have been more fleshed out. I did like that moment where Cameron was on the ground and, like, and they were like, "Oh man, is he okay?" Even though he betrayed us, like I did like that sort of human moment there. But like for the most part, um, it just they feel very flat. But MT, like, did you like it when they immediately abandoned him after that? <laughs> and then Cameron that is like, "I can stand on my two feet." Like, what if Cameron just wants to follow them? He seems right. to be okay to stand there. He's like, I'm too tired to continue. <laughs> like, it'd be one thing if he was, like, bleeding out on the floor or something right. like that. But he's like, if you guys could just walk a little slow, I could keep up with you. They're like, no, we're going to walk at a pace of, of like, 100 miles an hour to make it over to Karachi right now. And if you can't move that fast, they aren't speedsters, though. Did they just take, did they travel commercially? Like, did they take did they take an uh, American Airlines to get over and they they transferred in Berlin? Like, how did they get there? I, I'm what wondering how they, they got take? there myself because that's a very valid point. <laughs> did they have to go through TSA security? Like what? Like what happened? I, I like there? to think that they went through the quantum realm and then they just went and they went sure. through a portal to the other side. <laughs> okay, that makes sense. Yes, I'll go with you on that. I think that is more I logical. Have no clue. Uh, <laughs> I mean, look, I think we, we were talking a little bit uh, before this recording. I'm not going to say everything we said, but I will say that, like, <laughs> it seems like there was a lot edited down in all the scenes with the clandestines. You'll notice that those scenes are just edited like crazy. It seems like mm. they cut out all their dialogues. They, they cut back and forth between characters. I think there was a lot of dialogue that was happening. I wouldn't be surprised if there was another character in that scene that they just edited out. It seems like uh, this is like a compromise edit that we are at now. Right. And uh, they cut it down just to the bare logic of what happens A, B, and C in this scene. And then we move on. And hopefully people are watching this late at night on Disney Plus and they just aren't going to question it. And they'll just be so charmed by other things in, in the show. And I'll say so far, I am very charmed by most other yes. things in this show. So I'm not going to complain that much. I have complained quite a bit right now. So I'm going to just move <laughs> on. Uh, no, we, we do love this show a lot. The show is really great. But like, we do. Uh, overall, the actual, overall, like these like I'm villains are kind of flat. I do like Najma. I'm very interested to see what Najma and like her ties to Kamala are, but like everyone else, the rest of the squad, I don't know. I just, it's, it kind of I'm feels I'm not even like... that interested in Najma. I gotta say, I'm not even that interested in Najma. <laughs> I'm, I'm intrigued I, to see like what her past is, but like other than that... I guess I'll, I guess I'll say I'm intrigued by this partition past. Uh, right, the partition, sure. I think it's fascinating. I'm so glad that this series is focusing on that. I yes. think that's really cool. Um, and and heartbreaking and awesome that the MCU can do this. Can and like the they're they're sort of going with the whole partition theme thematically with the whole like barrier and the veil and like yeah. the two parts and the two worlds. That's right. I think that's one of the coolest things. Uh, the fact that like political boundaries are so arbitrary and just right. set by people who have have no real stake in the present uh, at all, and they're just there. And then now we see this other map superimposed over it it's just like no all the political boundaries on earth are just arbitrary i think right. that is so cool i love I that, love that. so so much um but we end this episode with this chase through the streets of karachi it ends with waleed and some of the clandestines stabbed we think they're all dead i maybe they'll you know just recover because you know so on obi-wan they stabbed <laughs> and they're fine but um 
But Najma uh, stabs the bangle, and it seems to break the bangle a little bit. And it Ooh. sends Kamala backward through a portal, and Kamala finds herself at that train station in 1947, the night Sana got separated from Aisha. And it is heartbreaking to see all this chaos. It's just a sprawling, desperate panic as people are trying to board trains to get out of there. And that's where we end this episode. It's it's an insane shot, and I, lo I like I love that this episode is going to this place. Right. Um, and uh, we'll talk about where Kamala goes from here. But I think. At the moment, we got to talk about this map of the realms, how it intersects right. with Earth, how these realms connect with other things mentioned in the MCU so far, like the alternate universes of the multiverse, things like the Nine Realms, the Thor mythology, places like Talo and Shang-Chi, the ancestral plane of Black Panther, the Duat Underworld, Valhalla of Thor. We're going to explain it all. We got you covered because, I don't know, Marvel Studios world building apparently is just like, well, let the YouTubers handle this. And we're happy <laughs> to pick up that challenge and do our best. Yes. Before we dive in, just a reminder that New Rockstars is going to be live in Austin on July 1st through July 3rd for RTX. That's Rooster Teeth's Podcast Festival. Our live show will be Saturday, July 2nd. It's just going to be a lot of fun. Click the link in the description. Use the promo code New Rockstars, all one word, for a discounted ticket price. We hope to see you there. Also, our merch partners still have a limited number of Ms. Marvel-inspired latest obsession shirts, Cosmic Daydream, available at NewRockstarsMerch.com. It's the best way to support us here at New Rockstars. And when you get one of these, you will unlock the added option to write in a custom shout-out that will appear at the bottom of these after shows. For example, Tola says, do you think they will use the term Inhumans by the end of Ms. Marvel? Um, let's see. Uh, I'm going to say after this episode, we only have so many episodes left. If they were going to do it on this show, I feel like they would have done it sooner rather than later. So it's not going to be connected to the clandestines, but the bangle. Like, we still don't know the extraterrestrial origin of the bangle. Right. So I'm going to say at this point... I'm going to place the odds that uh, there is a 40% chance that they say in humans. I think it's more likely to happen in the Marvels because like that seems like it might be more pre-related because of um, the way Captain Marvel 1 ended. So like I would say maybe the Marvels, but like maybe not this one. I think they're just more focused on um, this clandestine and alternate uh, realm type of deal there. Like, I think there will be a twist with, like, Cree and Carol Danvers right. and that kind of thing. Like, right. I expect that might be the, the big finale cameo or something like that. But usually these Marvel shows, episode five starts to reveal something, you know, uh, or the penultimate episode. Like, we learned that uh, it was Agatha all along going into the third act. So if we are now, like, going from four to five, this is, uh, remember the end of four in Moon Knight was when we learned that he was in a psychiatric hospital. And then episode five, they revealed the Duat and that this is all part of the Egyptian underworld. So like, yeah, next episode would where they'd be, they would have to reveal it there. And I'm not, I'm not counting it out. I just, I don't have high expectations, but we'll see. We'll see. Yeah, this definitely, next episode definitely feels like the, like, all right, we're going to be back in time this episode, and by the end of this next episode, we're going to be in the future again, in the present day, and then we're going to fight yeah. the clandestines and, like, wrap it up. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that this is, it's not really, I think there's not enough time to introduce inhuman stuff. Mariah says, Eric, babe, we both want it to be Mephisto, but we know they won't <laughs> give it to us this soon. Hashtag still M-Train. Hey, uh, yeah, I don't think they're going to give us Mephisto and Ms. Marvel. No way, Jose. I don't yeah. think so. It's, Mephisto's coming eventually, but like not Ms. Marvel. He's here. He's already here. He's, <laughs> He's here, here with us. second set. <laughs> Uh, the footprints in the blood. <laughs> Emily says, my fourth latest obsession t-shirt. Thanks, New Rockstars, for being rock stars. Well, thank you, Emily, for supporting us by collecting these shirts. Emily, we love you. Thank you, Emily. 
Thank you so much. It's very sweet of you. We want to thank everyone who, who bought one of these shirts and is supporting the channel like this. We love you all. It helps us out so much. We love you guys. Yes, it does. All right, MT, what is uh, the conversation we're having this week? All right, bro. What are the hidden realms and how are realms different from universes in the MCU? Yes, so Wally shows Kamala a map of the world, and then over it, he superimposes another map showing different borders representing these realms that are connected to our planet but are hidden. Now, uh, do each of these borders represent a realm? We don't know because he he dialed a knob as if if you continue to twist it, there would be another realm that was superimposed and then another realm. So the, the teal color might just represent one realm that is basically the size of Earth. But he uses the term realm and we can't see these borders that well, but they do. these realms do exist all around us on some other plane. Um, it's kind of hard to tell from the shot where the border lines compare to our political borders, uh, because we do see it from an angle, not straight on from Waleed's angle. Uh, but there are just massive chunks of like what looks like land masses hovering over the Asian continent, the African continent, irrespective of any ocean borders or tectonic plates from our world. Uh, but the we don't really see any... Uh, alignment on sites of significance from the MCU like Wakanda or New Asgard. But again, it's just kind of hard to tell from this angle. And Waleed says there are many dimensions around us that we cannot see. He said the home realm of Aisha and the clandestine is hidden from beyond the veil of Nor, and that if the clandestines use the bangle to knock it down, that realm will spill into ours, wiping out our world. Reminded us a lot of the uh, the incursions, the way that was talked about in Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. This might be just another way to describe incursions, or it might be something else. Um, Aisha's home realm is depicted to be a glowing landmass made of Nor light with tall organic columns and a tree and all of these taller, far taller than buildings compared to the Karachi side. And we're gonna keep having to do this more and more as MCU titles come out and throw all these terms around loosely, but let's just do our best to define these things and how they're different. So a universe, from what we understand, refers to separate realities within a multiverse. So we have the main 616 universe, we have the 838 universe, etc. Each universe is parallel but different, having their own, uh, each universe has its own Doctor Strange, its own Avengers, its own Wanda Maximoff. They, they're supposed to look like our, our realities, just like have some kind of variations to them. Now, Multiverse of Madness did make this a little confusing because uh, while when they were crashing through the different universes, a lot of them, even the honeycomb reality, did kind of look like a cityscape. Uh, the, the tube world with the drones looked like a building cityscape. The bone world looked like that, that corner of Manhattan just made of bones. Yeah, I, I think that they're just tumbling through different variant New Yorks. I think that that's what that was happening there. Yeah, absolutely. So I think that's the idea is that like it, it all still is what it is. It's just kind of made of different things slightly uh, or drastically. Uh, and the way universes are navigated is you have to either be America Chavez or you have to be able to dream walk with the Darkhold, as like Wanda Maximoff and Doctor Strange did, or you gotta be someone like a Watcher, someone who can transcend realities. They haven't yet, they said Wanda was a Nexus being or implied that, um, but it didn't seem like she was a Nexus being until she used the Darkhold. Uh, because like it seems like any sorcerer, if they can use the Darkhold, they can dream walk, actively dream walk into someone else's body. Also, Multiverse Madness implied that every time we dream, we're kind of navigating the multiverse. We're at least seeing, we're not controlling our other selves, but we're seeing through them. Now, how does that compare to a timeline? I don't know, but <laughs> let's try. A timeline is a bit more confusing coming out of Loki, but a timeline has been defined as one causal loop of historical events, one after the other. And it seems like, it seems like, we don't know yet, but it seems like each universe has one timeline threading through it, 
potentially looping through it and forming a coil. That's very confusing, I understand, just go with me. When a nexus event occurs, that timeline branches into a variant timeline, creating a separate universe, we think? So timeline and universe are vaguely similar, but they just refer to kind of different uh, ways where different contexts. So universe refers to like the setting, the ecosystem, the uh, the environment of people and places within that world. A timeline refers to uh, the causal events, the his the history. Uh, one event led to this event, led to this event within that universe. We think so. A realm. A realm seems to be uh, referring to something that's more nebulous and ethereal. So as opposed to a separate universe that looks like a doppelganger to our world, a realm seems to be a surreal or a fantastical setting that exists on a separate plane that like floats above or alongside or below Earth. It's not accessed by like Wanda-style dreamwalking because it's not like there is an alternate Wanda in these realms. They are populated by completely different civilizations, by interdimensional beings. So just to give some examples of realms in the MCU, we got the Nor dimension now that we're starting to explore in Moon Knight, but also we have the quantum realm. And we know there's a civilization in the quantum realm. Remember, we saw that spherical bubble city. We know of Talo and Shang-Chi and the realms beyond Talo, where the Dweller in the Darkness came from. Remember, Nan started to explain these. These are completely different dimensions and realms that don't contain like variant Christine Palmers or anything like that. Completely different people who we haven't met yet. And then uh, presumably there's the gap junction in Multiverse of Madness. Because Christine called that the space between universes. And I think that's what realms are. They're kind of a buffer zone between universes where other civilizations can flourish and live. So I think it's it's kind of, I would love if the MCU gives us more maps like this, but I want to see yes. like three-dimensional, four-dimensional multiverse map just to show how all these universes are connected. Multiverse of Madness started to do that by these red depictions of these like little vignettes of these moments, right. but they were only just like the moments. But like if that could refer to different universes, and the way universes are splayed out, I just need some objectivity, like a kind of textbook explanation. In Multiverse of Madness, remember Reed Richards had that whole speech explaining what incursions are, and almost word for word taken from John Hickman's 2013 New Avengers comics. But the one thing that made that difference different is we literally in those pages saw a a, a textbook illustration, <laughs> a diagram. Yeah. And like, why can't you just give us that in the MCU? Why are you just letting these people's words, especially if your words are going to be interchangeable, like you use the term dimension to refer to like four different things in the MCU. And it's just getting so confusing. And I would forgive it if it's like, well, there's completely different uh, directors and writers working on these. No, you have you have these executive producers uh, who are working on all of these, who are directly underneath Kevin Feige, who are there in the writers' rooms on these shows to ensure continuity. And you've been so good about it in the past. It just seems like there is not a plan, and that is okay. I, but I feel like there there is also a chance that this could all be intentional as well, because I feel like, um, like we we saw in the episode, like uh, they, they're talking about Jin and how like he's just like, yeah, like. If Thor came here, he'd be called a gin. I think it's all just words, really, depending on what your perspective is. I think you're saying what Rocket said, all words are made up. Right? <laughs> all words are being made up, really. But yeah, no, it's just like, hey, I think, so like there's people in Pakistan, they're, they're probably viewing um, this, the Nord dimension as like a different realm because like that's the way that they see it. It's like, all right, this is a new realm. But like maybe, um, I don't know, a Selvig would be like, oh, this is a, a different universe because like I have a different science perspective. So like I think that because the MCU is becoming bigger and um you know like with different parts of the world I feel like there's going to be different terminologies for a lot of the same things and so like what, what it could just be the case of like Marvel Studios wants to trick people so that they they don't 
want us to get hip as to what they're doing. So it's just like, all right, we're going to call things dimensions and realms. It's all the same difference, but like, we're just going to throw different words around. See, I think they're being intentional with like uh, why they're using different words. I, I don't think they used realms a lot in Multiverse of Madness. They, they used right. the term universe. They didn't use right. realm a lot in what if they used the term universe because right. I, I think they wanted to draw a contrast between what these things are. I think so realms, I think we can compare to uh, what planes are. So the ancestral plane, right? And the Duat underworld and Moon Knight. I think these are both realms. I think in Thor, we've heard mentions of Valhalla, right? And that's the place where the Asgardians go when, when they die in battle. I think these are all considered realms, not universes. So realms seem to be intertwined with spiritual beliefs, right? So if heaven or hell ever introduced in the MCU, or if one of those fiery realities we saw in Multiverse of Madness are, uh, is hell, I think they're going to be considered realms. Um, now, here is a question we should ask. We don't know if each universe has its own set of realms or if realms are really independent of the multiverse and each universe feeds into the same shared realms. I think it's the latter. I think it's that because I think the best way to look at these realms are they are literally between universes, between parallel universes, and that they, uh, because they are between universes, all universes share them in some way or they share borders with them. Because really, otherwise, I think no one watching these shows are going to be able to handle a 616 Nord Dimension versus an 838 Nord Dimension. That's just <laughs> way too complicated. If anything, we got to turn to the pages of Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. for this. Because Ooh. remember, they said the quantum realm was a nexus space between timelines. Ooh. Meaning, realms might be universe independent. I think that's a, that's the way I choose to look at it right now. Now, how does this connect with the nine realms of the Thor movies? Well, we have to remember those nine realms are not realms the way we're describing them now. They're actually really like planets. They're heavenly bodies that uh, are interconnected by Idris still. That's just the way they kind of chart out their cosmos, their star map. So Midgard is really just their word for Earth. Asgard is depicted as a floating disk of space that can just be, you can get there just by flying to it in space because the Asgards float away from it. We have Svartalheim, Muspelheim, Jotunheim, Nidavellir. All these are physical places that you can just travel to in space, in a, in a single universe. It just feels like districts of space, really. <laughs> yes. Yeah. It's it's on the same map that, like, the Kree map of, of Hala is, you know. So uh, what are they referring to whenever they say worlds and dimensions? So far, Marvel seems to be using those words interchangeably to just help explain the context of each of these terms. Dimension has been used often to describe a realm. Even in this episode, they call it a dimension. Uh, but Dimension has been also used synonymously with Universe and Multiverse of Madness, like Dimension 838, Dimension 616, uh, and so is the word world. Really, with all of these terms, it's just about the context of the present story. So what is the context of Ms. Marvel? I think the Nord Dimension is a realm. I think it is a realm between universes. And I think uh, this is stronger evidence that it's part of the same kind of realm network as what we saw Ta Lo being in Shang-Chi. The realms beyond it that Nan referred to, the ancestral plane, the Duat, Valhalla, the quantum realm. The quantum realm had a civilization in it that we're likely going to see in, in Quantumania. The Nord dimension has a civilization in it that it, are not variants of Earth. They're another race, another uh, group of beings. Now, uh, this threat of this veil coming down, I don't know if it's going to be connected with the, the incursions that are happening around the universe. I'm going to assume yes. But I think incursions refer to two universes colliding. But I think those two universes, uh, that process of the universes colliding are sped up when the buffer regions between those universes are weakened and those and those walls are weakened. And I think that's what we're seeing with the Nord dimension. The Veil of Nor, I think, is, is under threat, especially because incursions are occurring across uh, the universes. 
So uh, if you imagine if there's no buffer zone between things, uh, it allows friction between universes to escalate. Whenever we, I mean, I feel like we're gonna we're gonna see the doors open a little bit in the in the finale. Um, I feel this is probably gonna look like uh, a lot like the, the when the dark dimension was creeping through at the end of Doctor Strange one. Uh, we 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 see mm. it briefly in the sky, but like we just see like the the sky opening up and we see like the portal to the dark dimension. I have a feeling that it'll probably look a lot like that because like I feel like that's the only the closest that we've gotten to um, something like that happening because the dark dimension was going to spill into our reality and take it over essentially. So like I feel like this is sort of another type of situation there, but that's just a guess. <laughs> yeah. I think you're right, MT. I think the Dark Dimension is another example of these kind of realms. Like, right. whenever a, uh, there's, like, a space in the MCU that has just, like, weird topography and architecture and plant life and terrain that just doesn't look anything like our world at all, it's not parallel, then I think that is meant to be seen as a realm. That's And realms, in some ways, are even more exciting. Like, I'm more excited to explore realms than I am alternate universes. Because alternate universes is like, okay, yeah, we've seen multiverse fiction done plenty of times rick and morty sliders you know but uh <laughs> but i think realms is kind of like okay well it's like a completely other dimension with with other stuff other people in it well i'm all for weird shit eric so like bring it on <laughs> yeah you can get weirder with with other realms so yeah while i don't think this is the same thing as an incursion i think it is still connected to incursions happening ultimately right but wait hold on let me ask you a question though but like who do you think that these like norian people are like do they want their universe to spill on over to earth yeah. or like do they even know that we exist yeah that's a good question to ask if they know that we exist i don't know but uh I think that here's going to be my theory on this. I think the clandestines want that spillage to happen. Ooh. I think the people in this universe are happy to live their own separate life. So these people kind of like the uh, Ronin to the Cree, right? Are imperialist. They want to uh, impose their values, their will. It's almost like Zod, right? Like we, we should be proud of who we are. We should conquer everything. Uh, <laughs> so I think... That's who the clandestines are. They were outcasts for for wanting to, uh, uh, but I guess the question is, why would they outcast people in this victimized other realm of our realm? Uh, I don't know. Maybe they thought they killed them the way that they thought they killed Zod, uh, and yeah. then Zod just happened to be freed from a from a nuclear blast. Right. It's like, all right, we're gonna here's a, por a portal opening to an unknown dimension. We're gonna push you in by as a punishment. Hopefully, you go to hell. But then, then they just went to Earth. It's like, all right, this is sort of like hell. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think it's hell. I Honestly, yeah. I'm telling you, footprints and blood. I think, like, um, maybe they were at war with a different realm. Maybe one of the realms of Talo. Maybe the uh, the dimension where the Dweller in Darkness came from. I think all these folks are completely okay living in their own realms and not ever connecting with the Earth realm. But uh, that there's some people in there like, no, we should invade these. We should uh, terraform it. We should make it our own. And then they get punished. And then now that's their plot is to like uh, erase the boundary between them. So, yeah, I, I'm going to imagine that most people in realms are not going to be evil and horrible because that'd be awful. But I think there's going to be bad yeah. actors within all of those other realms who are screwing sure. up. I guess we'll see. We'll see. 
We shall see. Now, we have a few more questions that we want to talk about from this episode, but before we dive into those, we want to thank some friends who helped sponsor this episode, starting with our friends at Helix Sleep. Thanks to Helix Sleep for sponsoring this episode of Inside Marvel. I sleep on a Helix mattress, and it's just what I need after a night of staying up to watch Ms. Marvel. Helix Sleep is a quiz that takes just two minutes to complete and matches your body type and your sleep preferences to the perfect mattress for you. Why would you buy a mattress made for somebody else? With Helix, you're getting a mattress that you know will be perfect for the way that you sleep. Everybody is unique, and Helix knows that. So they have several different mattress models to choose from. They have soft, medium, and firm mattresses. Mattress is great for cooling you down if you sleep hot. Mattress is great for spinal alignment to prevent morning aches and pains. Even a Helix Plus mattress for plus-size sleepers. Helix was offered the number one best overall mattress pick of 2020 by GQ and Wired Magazine. Helix has been recommended by multiple leading chiropractors and doctors of sleep medicine as a go-to solution for improving sleep. Just go to helixsleep.com slash insidemarvel, take their two-minute sleep quiz, and they'll match you to a customer mattress that will give you the best sleep of your life. Helix is offering up to $200 off all mattress orders and two free pillows for our listeners at helixsleep.com slash inside marvel. We also want to thank Athletic Greens for sponsoring this episode. Are you looking for a simple way to get an all-in-one nutritional insurance? With one scoop of AG1, you are absorbing 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, whole food source, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens to help you start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut health, your nervous system, and your immune system. Our very own Tommy Bechtold and the rest of the Break Room crew started adding AG1 to their daily routine, and they have been loving it. Tommy says it tastes great, and it's easy to drink first thing in the morning. AG1 supports mental clarity and alertness, as well as better sleep quality and recovery. And for every purchase, they donate to organizations helping to get nutritious food to kids in need, including No Kid Hungry here in the U.S. Reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop of AG1 and a cup of water every day. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you got to do is visit athleticgreens.com marvel. Again, that's athleticgreens.com marvel to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. All right, MT, I want to ask you about this DODC Supermax prison. This right. is the same prison that we're going to see abomination inside of in She-Hulk. Why do you think it was so easy to break out of? And who else do you think is in this prison? You know, I, I would like to think that um, they were on their way to the prison. Like, they were in the underground tunnel, like, almost about to get to the prison, but they didn't quite get there. But, like, uh, yeah, it's okay. so weird that they were able to to even break out or for that their, their guards were just so incompetent. And just, like, it was just very odd. But, like, I think that, you know, the DO, this could just be a case of the DODC just being a new, newer institution. And like, they're trying to be shield, but they're not quite there, quite, not quite there yet. And their, um, their force is probably consisted of like just people that aren't as trained. Cause like we saw that dude, that soldier guy being a douche. So just like, I don't know. The DODC just doesn't seem as put together as shield quite yet, but they want to be shield so badly. But yeah. I think it's probably. It's, they're just new. But I mean, even with S.H.I.E.L.D., even with the Raft, every prison that we see in these universes is meant to be broken out of. That's just kind of the case. <laughs> it's and, true. Like, and Arkham in the Batman comics, Arkham is always broken out of. It's basically a shelf where we put our villains for next time. <laughs> yeah. It's just a set piece so that you can break out of some cool looking prison. That's just, right. that's always the reality of it. <laughs> uh, but I like your take that they're not in there yet. Yeah, this is, because um, I'm curious, because if like they're able to keep Abomination in there, and Abomination is gamma radiated and can like break out of anything, you'd think they, because I think it just, again, comes back to the question of, I don't, 
I don't know what the clandestines can do, what they're capable of. Like they right. can get arrested? Like if they could break out of where they were there, don't you think they could have gotten out of like the prison tra- transport or they could have like, you know, shaken away from the guards who were just kind of like strong arming them away from that hotel? Like, I feel like that escape scene could have been a really great way to showcase like, all right, here's how powerful we are. Here's where our power comes from. And like, here's how we can break out versus like, all right, um, we just got an opportunity. We punched the guy, we, we escaped. And like, it just, I don't know. I feel like it was a missed opportunity there. Hey, it looks like they're having a great time, MT. <laughs> I think true. that's all I, like that Adam guy, always oh, got a big smile on his right? face. He loves carrying around that mace. He's having a blast. And I don't want my criticism to take away from his fun at the end oh, of the yeah. day. Yeah, He's loving being true. in this show. They're, they're parkouring over carts. Why, hey, you know, you do you. <laughs> like yeah, I, like I'm not. I don't like. We don't mean to like you know disrespect these people. Like they're they're doing a really great job for like what, what they're doing. Uh, I just wish that we saw more of their personalities. I guess is what I'm saying. And like they had more of a. Yeah, more I want to get to know them a bit more. Yeah. Right. Because like they seem yeah. very interesting. It's like we're almost there, but like we just haven't gotten there yet. It's like please, um, like flesh these characters out a little bit. Um, what year MT do you think the vault will be open on these things? Is it going to take Marvel Studios to like <laughs> crash and burn at some point in the future for us to get the real stories on how these shows are put together? Like we still don't know exactly what happened on uh, on the Falcon, the Winter Soldier. No one will admit to it because it's still part <laughs> of a living, breathing universe. And to admit any mistakes were made is like like they admit mistakes were made on Thor, Lo- uh, Thor: The Dark World, but like anytime in the same sentence, I'll always be like. But we brought back all the stuff from Thor the Dark War World and we told more story about it and we kind of gave more context. So it actually was really great. Like, like they won't really talk about the recasting a whole lot from uh, Ed Norton to Mark Ruffalo. They just kind of move on past it. Like, I'm just I want to know how these things were made, not because I want to hate on it, but I just want to like I love to know how the sausage gets made because it shows (laughs) how hard it is to make the sausage and how impressed we are that you were able to get this made at all. Um, yeah. Like, I, I hope that, like, you know, like a decade down the line or something, we get a documentary or something like that. Just like, all right, the making of the MCU in full. Like, here's everything. Because uh, I would love to see that personally. Because, like, like you said, I, I love seeing how the sausage gets made. And, um, you know, it just, at Marvel Studios is like a really intricate operation. So, like, I would just, I just want to see how that whole operation runs and, like, the little, the messy parts of it, too. I want to, yeah, show me the mess. Show yeah. me the mess. The, Show me uh, the mess. We see the same thing on Rogue One, right? Like when Rogue One was coming out, that was Gareth Edwards' project. And yeah, there's just a little bit of reshoots, just kind of like people in cockpits. Bro, Solo. No, my friends, <laughs> you completely changed. I mean, Solo, they couldn't avoid it because high-profile directors were were fired mid-production. Ooh, but at least uh, Rogue One, they, they, they wrapped principal production and then they brought in Tony Gilroy to do the rest of it. And then we're able to figure out from context that like, oh, Rogue One was mostly Tony Gilroy's movie actually because now we're getting... Andor, and that is a Tony Gilroy project. So yeah, that was mostly his movie. Hey, by the way, I just watched Michael Clayton last night, and I that was a Tony Gilroy movie. And I love corporate entry. <laughs> love Michael Clayton. <laughs> Whenever Kelly's out of town, I'll put on movies like that that like everyone else is bored as hell by. But I'm like, I love these movies so much. It's such a good movie. Watch Michael Clayton. It's on Netflix. Um, no, I will not do a Michael Clayton breakdown. Every time I mention like I love this movie, people are like, do a breakdown of it. I'm like, no. It's like, why can't I just enjoy everything that I like into my job? Them. <laughs> No one will watch a Michael Clayton breakdown. That'd be so mean to the subscribers of New Rockstars to be like, no, I'm not going to cover um, the House of the Dragon trailer that came out a month ago, but here is a Michael Clayton breakdown. <laughs> you should do that on like an April 1st. 
to scratch an itch, but also get away with it. <laughs> oh, what an ultimate, what an ultimate prank. Um, all right, we're running out of time. MT, I gotta ask you, do you think Kamala's stuck in the past here? Is the bangle Ooh. broken? I do not think the bangle is broken. And I think that, you know, this is all part of like, um, cause like a while ago, Samuel L. Jackson said that Captain Marvel could travel through time and people are like, what is he talking about? <laughs> and like, even me. But like, <laughs> And now that we have this time travel thing happening in Miss Marvel, I'm just thinking that this has <laughs> always been like something that Marvel Studios intended to do with um, this blue power of the Marvels. And so, like, I think that she's not stuck in the past. She's probably going to unlock or figure out how her bangle is able to do this and travel back to the future um, featuring Marty McFly. Just kidding. Um, so, mm -hmm. yeah, I, I don't think the bangle is broken. I think that. Um, maybe like something within Kamala, maybe her fear of being stabbed activated the time travel mechanic. Um, because like we see mm. in um, Multiverse of Madness that, um, what's her name? America Chavez, her powers are mainly activated through emotion and like fear or, mm. or maybe even love. So it's like, I think that's a very similar thing is happening here with um, Kamala um, where her fear probably manifested like, all right, let's go through time because we're scared. Um, but that's just a weird theory. Uh, I don't think she's stuck in the past. She'll, she'll be I like that theory. I think that's a great interpretation, MT. I love that. Um, my thinking is that uh, when Samuel Jackson said that quote, I agree. Uh, it was. I love <laughs> just letting that man talk because he. It's always fascinating. And uh, in this case, I was like, "Whoa, what is he talking about?" I think he was referring to how, like, you know, how we saw this kind of time travel from a perspective conceit mm. in the Captain Marvel, the 2019 Captain Marvel movie that. Um, that was through like the scroll memory scrubbing technology. But I think right. like the Cree people are all about like kind of shared collective memory. And I think all Cree tech is kind of rooted, it has stored within it an ability to revisit memories. Uh, that's what I think it is. I think uh, what she is now in, uh, now stuck in is just a, an expanded version of her seeing the train rushing at her. Ooh. Um, and I think the vision she saw of Najma reaching out toward her, I think she it was really her in her uh, uh, great-grandmother's eyes seeing Ooh. Najma pushing her in front of a train or pushing her away or something like that. Um, so I think she is kind of reliving the past through Najma's or through Aisha or Sana's perspective. Right. We did see a mother and daughter. Was that meant to be Aisha and Sana? That's what I was. It didn't that's really what I assumed like. at first, I but I was like, ah, it's yeah. probably just some random people. <laughs> just another another uh, family. Um, yeah. So I think it's just the Cree tech enables her ability to revisit these memories. I don't think she is Ooh. physically stuck in the past, but she is uh, like she is kind of in a trance, and right now she's like laying on the ground. In that Wait, uh, Karachi have you, market, have you played the Assassin's and, uh, Creed games? Trying to wake her, break her up. I have played the Assassin's Creed. It's sort of like the Animus. Yes, it's like they're going through like the their memories. Like I, I love that idea. <laughs> it's it's my favorite form of time travel, uh, consciousness uh, time travel. It's what we saw in Slaughterhouse Five, and then in Lost with Desmond, and then we saw it in Days of Future Past with Wolverine. And I wrote a screenplay in which a character does this. Nice. It was the first screenplay I wrote. It made it into a couple screenwriting contests and it never got made. Uh, but that's okay. Movie. That's what happens make when you write your first screenplay. You got to make it yourself. I want to um, see it. No, I'll never let anyone read it. Don't ask me to read it. If anybody asks me, I will not send you that script. It's not very good. And there's probably some jokes in it that like I'm ashamed of now. Uh, because, you know, the jokes one makes in 2012 are not Bruh. funny in 2022. And they weren't funny then either. I'll tell you but, what, 2008, like 2006 to 2012-ish was a different time. 
Yes, yes, indeed. Uh, well, we will leave it there for this episode of Inside Marvel. A great conversation there. And MT, I love being able to like unpack Same this here. show with you because like I really appreciate your perspective. We, we both kind of see the same kind of like, huh, head scratching parts of these shows, but I think ultimately we love what they're trying to do. Yes. And I, I'm glad that you and I can talk about it. Yes, we do love Miss Marvel and we do we love everyone involved. You guys are doing a great job. And uh, don't forget to check out our many great merch options at newrockstarsmerch.com. Follow me at EA Voss, follow MT at Mastertainment, subscribe to Inside Marvel wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you for watching and we'll see you yes. next week. Bye everybody. Bye.